Welcome to Shirt Factory Center Stage, a podcast recorded at the newest century-old hotspot, the Littit Shirt Factory. Join in as the relentlessly curious co-hosts Jim Hoffer and Kim Schaller shine a spotlight on the talented performers who will entertain and energize audiences from this very stage. It's quirky. It's fun. It's a behind-the-scenes listen that you won't want to miss. And now, here's Shirt Factory Center Stage. Hi, Kim. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How's your summer going? Oh, my God. It's August. Like, this is what freaks me out. It's yeah, August. Yeah, but, but you're like a travelogue. You're, right. you're no, at a lake. You're at the good. shore. You go to the mountains. I mean, it would be great to be you. Oh, yeah. It would be great. And I come back to Lidditz. Well, look, this is the highlight of my summer right now. I am extremely off the chart excited about the two guests that we have today. These will be among the most interesting guests that we talk to. Their journey is really kind of two stories. It's a success, business success story, as well as an incredible love story. And it begins in fourth grade. And in high school, as teenagers, they get married. And rather than letting this heavy responsibility of raising a family at such a young age weigh them down and be a burden, they just forge this unbreakable partnership uh, that, you know, along the way, not only do they raise a great family, but they build this incredible business that today arguably is the world leader in the live concert industry. And it is headquartered here in Lidditz. We're talking, of course, about Claire Brothers, Claire Global, and Roy and Skip Claire. Thank you for joining us here on Shirt Factory Center Stage. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. The fact that Skip is here, too, is what really means a lot to me. Jim and I talked a lot about this episode, and it's one thing to hear this amazing business story, but your story goes way beyond that. So to have you as part of this, Skip, I am honored that you're here. And you also just shared that this is one of the first like interviews you've actually done. Yes, it is. <laughs> why would you have chosen this, and why haven't you done it before? I guess because you asked me, and I went... <laughs> I didn't right. think fast enough to say no. <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't say no. Glad you didn't say no. <laughs> Thank you. So let's just scroll back to what Jim just brought up. Met in fourth grade, and then as juniors in high school, you're faced with quite an amazing life decision. Just tell us about that. Okay. Well, we met in, um, I think it was the fourth grade, standing in front of our elementary school. And I was jumping rope, saying, down in the meadow where the green grass grows, there's set and all of a sudden, this boy jumped out behind the tree and said, and kissed her on the nose. <sighs> that was it. That was Seriously? From there, yeah. The rest is history yes. from there. Okay. So then what? Well, then he hit me over the head a few times <laughs> with a baseball bat trying to get attention and silly things like that. But we ended up um, being a couple all through school. From fourth grade? Until we got, well, obviously we were married, but we remained close the whole time. Absolutely. Unbelievable. You know, and I have said that to you, Roy. Where would you be without Skip? Why don't you share that? Well, we're a team. Yeah. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's amazing how we complimented one another in, in everything we did. And she is strong at, in some areas. And, and obviously, I'm weak in other areas. So... 
I'm kidding, of course. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not weak at all. <laughs> no, uh, no, for men to admit that uh, wouldn't be normal. But anyway, she she is really strong in some areas, and uh, it it we were uh, helpful to each other. I think I was only strong when you brought people home, and I had to entertain them with dinners and put them up in the, for you know at night sometimes for months at a time. But, you know, Skip, I think you just hit on something, and we were going to save this for later in the interview, but, um, you know, I've talked to someone who was sort of there in the early years and as the business was growing, and they said that that role that you played hosting the musicians, hosting some of the crew members and stuff, was absolutely instrumental in the success of the business because it is hard work, isn't it? Well, I didn't think it was hard work at the time for me. You know, I was at home and Roy was out working, you know, month after month after month. And if he, you know, could bring somebody home, that was not, that wasn't that hard for me to do that. As it was told to me, it made people from overseas and from all around the world, uh, musicians, feel at home here in Lidditz. And well, you tell me, Roy, how important was Skip's ability to host and be kind and make people feel at home here in Lidditz to the success of the business. Well, she makes everyone feel at home. That's one of her incredible abilities. She, there's no nonsense. It's Skip from the beginning and you know her and you like her. Uh, I don't know of anyone that has ever met her that didn't like her. So uh, now you're being way too kind. No, no, this is true. She, she doesn't like, she gets a little embarrassed, but it is absolutely true that she's an outstanding personality and that everyone that ever meets her likes her. You're pretty smart back in fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I chose the best. I'm not stupid. Well, that goes two ways. It does. Oh, that's great. So look, so that's the beginning of the love story. As you see it, what was the beginning of the business success story? Was it that moment that your father gave you and your brother Gene, the public affairs system that you used for sporting events and things, or, or, or was it the Four Seasons coming into into the picture? What is there any one thing that you see as the beginning of the business success story? Well, I, you know, I would have to say that, you know, my father giving us that PA system when we were young for Christmas uh, was a, you know, he was a grocer. You know, what would he be doing giving his kids? a PA system. You know, I'd like to think he was clairvoyant. So, but nevertheless, life goes on. And the next thing you know, we, you know, we were doing sound work with the PA that he gave us and we were enjoying it. You know, we were doing other things in school. We had, we were athletes, etc. But being in the entertainment, you know, even if it's an egg hunt or a horse riding uh, episode or whatever it is, it was special to set the equipment up and be in charge. So we loved it from the beginning. Yeah. So you felt this joy immediately of being sort of the, the behind the scenes, but still critical to the event being exactly. a success. Exactly. It was an extreme amount of fun and uh, we enjoyed it. And then the first big break is, is that Frankie Valley as the story well, goes? Well, the, the F&M, you know, F&M right. hired us to be the sound company, to do the groups that came came there they were very active they had a, a student union board that uh did shows maybe you know twice a month which was unusual in those days but they had Mazer gym which was a, a large venue that they could uh 
have a lot of people and afford the the uh, clients of those the entertainers of those days. So we were lucky enough to uh, be at the right place at the right time for F and M to ask us to do the sound. Now, needless to say, and I we sure sure wouldn't have said anything. We weren't qualified. <laughs> I mean, you know, doing an Easter egg hunt and and a local parade, etc., doesn't qualify you to do entertainers at F and M. But ironically, the guy really didn't ask a lot about credentials. He just, you know, asked if we did sound and, and we said yes. And uh, the first group was actually, the first person was Dion Warwick, which we don't say a lot about because the Four Seasons took us on the road with them. But the first account was Dion Warwick. And at the time, she was, she was a huge star. She was, she was big. Doing all the Burke Bacharach song. I mean, she was as big as it got back yeah. then. I mean, you must have been like, were you and Gene like, oh, what the heck? I mean, we got to do audio for this. Or, well, you know, we're, we're there pinching ourselves because, you know, here we are at Lititzites with an amazing star. And then she found out we recorded the concert. So she had us down in the dressing room after the show. Now, obviously, I'm the, I am there and I'm starstruck. I just can't imagine me sitting in a dressing room with Dion, you know, this, these Lidditz Hicks sitting in a dressing room with Dion Warwick. How old are you at that time? Oh, 23. And then obviously the fact that she had us in the dressing room meant a little more to us because we didn't just do the concert and leave. We were associated with what went on that night. For some reason or other, she wanted to hear the show. And we, we still don't know why that was, but uh, it was unusual for an entertainer to want to sit there after the show and listen to the whole show again. That's incredible That story. is incredible. That's great. You're working. You've got this start. You start to go out on the road. So, Skip, how much of the year, through the really heavy decades of work, was Roy on the road and you were back here running the household? How long was that? How many years? Yep. Oh, 20? 20 years. You were back here holding down the fort. Yeah. So what was that like, raising your kids, running the household, being active in the community? I don't know how active in the community I was then. I think that came later. I, you know, just had two kids to take care of. And I did go out on the road with Roy often. He would call because um, usually it was, uh, I think my wash needs done. (laughs) I'd take off for New York or California or wherever at a week, maybe at a time. Did you like that? Did you like meeting up with him on the road? Well, I liked seeing him. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it pretty much for me doing that was just to really see Roy. You know, I would sit at a concert in the backstage. I mean, many times we sat, what do you call it, under the stage and, you know, just visited. You know, the time you visited me in uh, California and we were ready to go to Hawaii and uh, Barry developed appendicitis that she had to fly home. Barry. Things, you know, things happen. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, but you enjoyed it. Yes. And my uh, children said that the the yardstick was always handy as a disciplinary. Hey, well, I figured yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows them. what they used use yardsticks yeah. for. But, you know, so the business is growing and the success is, is, is coming your way. And at some point, I guess it's the Four Seasons and others are insisting that if you want to really make it big and really grow this business, you're going to have to leave Lidditz, L.A. or New York City. 
we know that you didn't, obviously, but was there ever a time when you and Gene said, yeah, we maybe they're right. We have to consider this. And you had long debates and discussions about it, or was it like, no way, we're never leaving? I love challenges. So when someone says to me, you're not going to be able to make it if you stay in Lidditz, that's, that's a challenge. And uh, consequently, we also love Lidditz. And at the time, no one knew it, but we were in an ideal position because of New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Montreal. We were in the center. So being in Lidditz really wasn't that terrible a, a place to be. It was situated in the right in the right area. Did you intuit that, you and Gene? I mean, was that, or was it just like, we just love Lidditz? Or did you also say, you know, we're, we can also benefit from the skilled labor that is within this Lancaster County community as we build our stage sets and our, our speaker towers and things? Yeah, we knew that there was a lot of talent here in Lidditz and we were using it and we, we couldn't imagine finding all that talent elsewhere. We loved the fact that we were in a community, a greater community, where you could get anything done that you wanted to. The work ethic in this area is just unbelievable. I mean, even the employees, you know, when we started hiring people, our employee, the reason, you know, we achieved what we did was because of the incredible employees that we had from the area. Their work ethics, their mentality, the whole deal was amazing. Did you recruit many people from out of town to come as part of your workforce? Not originally. Originally, uh, my brother uh, got a job at FNM at the language lab. And some of the people from the language lab uh, would work with us. And then we also hired wrestlers from FNM because they had the stamina and the and brains. And the strength and the brains. Nice. So that was a good combination. It was amazing. And, you know, a lot of them were heavyweights, so they... They certainly could uh, manipulate and carry the equipment and uh, stay until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and do what you had to do and then get up the next day and, and carry on. I mean, we are just overly impressed and we're overly impressed with the work ethics and the ability Right here in Lidditz. Yeah, of the local people. So let's talk a little bit about your style as a businessman. Because again, in our research, you're a tough business guy. So how do you talk about your philosophy as a businessman and business leader? Well, you know, obviously, I came from a good area. We had our feet on the ground. You know, staying in Lidditz helped ground us because, you know, if you move away and no one knows who you are, they sometimes give you a false impression. Never got that from Lidditz. You know, they we're always Roy and Jean Claire don't think you're otherwise from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. So we were ground. You know, we never had a problem with doing silly things in the business. So the area helped us in, in so many ways. It's just unfathomable of what went on here. And then, you know, obviously the groups came here eventually. From my understanding is that, that you, you were pretty conservative when it came to the financial end of, of the business. You know, you could do things for cheap. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but, but through sheer force of your personality, you could get things done a lot less uh, expensive and that you were pretty tough and hard nosed. Fair? Well, oh, oh, absolutely. You know, I know I did uh, an interview one time with the, the New Era and I said I was ruthless at one time. I'm not sure if, if my uh, family appreciated that. But nevertheless, in some instances, you know, when you were away from Lidditz, you had to be tough. 
you had to really be tough. I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with a segment of the population, the entertainment business isn't easy. These people know what they want. If they don't get it, you're out. It's the professional area. You know, it's not, oh, can I have another chance? Either you do it right or you're out. So the company was pretty disciplined. I will take a little credit for the discipline of the Claire company. We were no nonsense and everyone in the industry knew that uh, we were serious about what we were doing. And that hard nose. So I don't hear any regret in your voice. No, no. Well, obviously, occasionally, occasionally I'd be a little tough on people and that that's not fun. It's just like a teacher. Sometimes they're a little tougher than they want to be. And then later on in years, you might regret some of the things that you've done. So no, I can't say that I'm, I'm extremely proud of everything that I did, but nevertheless, I justified it by saying it was one way or the other. And it's a model that clearly served you well. It was an approach that, because you're feeling all of this pressure. Well, considering you said it in a different way, but for two boys from Lidditz have the largest sound company in the world by far. I mean, it's not even close for the next sound company. I think we did something right. And, you know, getting back to the dynamics of Skip and me, there was also the dynamics of Jean and me. She and I had different personalities and Jean and I had incredibly different personalities. And we complemented one another to the point where he was easy and Roy was hard. So good cop, bad cop. Bingo. Thank you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good strategy. The proof is there it worked. that it worked. It worked. <laughs> exactly. You know, when, when, if I was too difficult, they'd go to Gene and Gene, oh yeah, and then he'd, he'd make them feel better. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. That's how you and I work. That's exactly yeah. the way we are. Yeah, I'm the yeah. good cop. I'm the You're good cop. Oh, I, I was wondering which <laughs> yeah, is which. Which is which. It's clear. It's obvious. Yeah. Uh, but so that toughness also went here to Lidditz. Now, this was one thing I didn't realize until we spoke earlier. Like, you were mayor. And it wasn't just, uh, let's just commit for six months to something. I mean, you gave a lot of time and energy, both of you, to being mayor here of this town. You were mayor's sidekick, I guess. So talk about that when you were mayor. What are you most proud of, of your time being mayor of Lidditz? Well, first of all, I was, enc- I was encouraged to be mayor by the groups I work for. You know, all the roadies wanted to write songs, you know, Roy for mayor and the whole nine yards. I mean, the whole thing. And, you know, when they came to Lidditz, they go, Roy, why don't you run for mayor of this town? So, you know, uh, it started out as, as a fun type of joke thing. And then I go, well, hang on. Well, you know, why don't you run for mayor? Because I must tell you, this town was good to Claire Brothers. We still feel a love for this town because of what they did for us. So we wanted to return. And honestly, by, you know, being mayor, my main objective was to build a new rec center. I had something that I wanted to really do. And I knew the rec center was amazing for my brother and I. We did the sock cops and, and things. And we felt as though it shaped our lives. The directors were always very nice. They always encouraged you. Everything that you did, your teachers, your directors, everyone were an incredible help. And we felt as though we should try and return something to the town. Now, Skip will tell you that she was also the director. Exactly. I mean, boy, did you deliver when it came to building a rec center. I have lived in many places and in large cities, and I've gone to really expensive gyms. And I have to tell you, the Lidditz Rec Center is by far the nicest facility I have ever been to. 
when you say you wanted to build a rec center, you weren't kidding. And I know, Skip, that you played an, a, a key role, too, in fundraising. Not only that, is you actually put sweat equity into this rec center and making it successful. Tell me about that. At one point, you became the director, working more than full-time, 60, 70 hours a week, right? Yes, I did. You know, we started out preparing for the rec center, what, two, three years before fundraising, which was a big thing. We put a lot of, um, you know, into dances and different things to raise money. I actually had Bill Bell gave me a stand on Main Street so that we could uh, have a little business of raising money, talking to people, whatever. And this is really funny because it got to the point where if I'd be walking down the street, people would walk in the other side because <laughs> they knew I was going to ask them for money. And that's true. That just shows, I mean, you really, you really put yourself in, in right. the game. Yeah. And this became a goal. The rec center started out, it, you know, it, everyone was questioning because that's generally the rule. They don't think that something's going to go and they always question. And we had a rocky start and in comes Mrs. Personality. And that turned everything around. I mean, they suddenly realized that this is a serious thing. Mrs. Claire is running this, the community center, a rec center, and it's, it's starting to happen. It was a rocky start and she pulled it out and she volunteered her money to the community. So she, she didn't take a dime to do it. To run it for one year, you did not take a salary no. to do that. No, I think we started out by, uh, we were in a pickle where we needed a, a rec center director and we didn't have really money. So it was kind of started out like I would, uh, just be there to, to in the interim till we found somebody. Well, because I was cheap and <laughs> went for a year. <laughs> but what was driving you, Skip? You know, why were you so vested in, in making this a success? I think Roy and I just felt maybe that it was a way to give back to well, the community we, we because the commu we, we did. We we were at the danced at the community yep. center. Yeah, it was a big part of our life. Yeah. It it I think we've discussed this, but the people listening, we were from the wrong side of the tracks. And Jim Jim, you were my neighbor, so don't <laughs> I was on the same don't side. know where the wrong side <laughs> oh, of the believe tracks me. are. <laughs> so it helped those kids. The rec center really helped those kids that didn't have the privilege of going to a country club or going to a, a paid skating rink or whatever it was. And that really made an impression on me. I said, you know, everyone should have that opportunity and we should continue to do this in this town. And that's why we were behind the rec center, because what the school didn't do, the rec center did. So we've said and we've talked about the business, we've talked about the community, and we, we've sort of profiled you as a hard-driving, uh, very process-driven guy. But underneath all that, I, you are a hopeless romantic. I would just love for you both to tell the story of why did you decide to move into the, to the Wilbur and why that particular unit, why was the unit that you've moved into important? The Wilbur being the Wilbur, oh, the, a, a condominium like Our condos, building. yes. Well, it started in uh, Hilton Head. Uh, we met Ian Russo at a gathering in Hilton Head and I got to talk to him and I, and, uh, I found out that, uh, the, he and his, uh, oak, oak tree bought, oak, bought the Wilbur project. And I go, 
oh, I said, well, what are you going to do? He says, well, we're not sure. And I said, well, if you, if you put condos in, I'm in. Because as you can well imagine, it is in a great location. It's by the park and it is exactly where I had my first kiss with Skip in the park. So it, it meant a lot to me. So wait, so Skip, where in your, where you're living now in, in the condo, you're saying you can look out what window and see where that kiss took place? We can look out our living room window right into the same spot. The rec center, the old rec center was directly in front of our... Opposite our window. Yeah, opposite our window. And so that is where it was, in the bushes, I'm sure, not in the rec center. <laughs> and I vowed to put a torch there. Yep, he said... Oh, eternal flame. Exactly. Eternal flame. Exactly. Like the Olympic flame? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. it doesn't have to be that big. No. <laughs> I am waiting for the flame, though. Yeah, we exactly. We didn't do that yet. Well, unfortunately, in the summertime, with the abundance of leaves on the trees, we can't exceed the exact spot, but we can in the wintertime. I absolutely love it. I really do. I think that you're just such a fabulous couple. And one of my, this is, and Jim and I have talked about this, you are the most unpretentious, unaffected people that I've had the pleasure to meet here. You, you know what you could be and you know the way that a lot of people are that have achieved your success and notoriety. And you are just so humble and down to earth. So I'm just honored and delighted to. Well, thank you. That's the best that we could ever get. Oh, I know. I think it's great. Yeah. And I think as we wrap up here, I mean, I I have to say as someone who has come back after being away for so many years and trying to take a crack at being a business person, I I do not exaggerate when I say that the Claire's, you have set the template for me as a business person and how to conduct myself, how to achieve success while at the same time being grounded being kind and having humility. And I thank you for that. And you, I don't know if you realize it, but I think that's true for a lot of people in business in this area. You have set the template. Well, thank you so much for that compliment. I mean, that, that means a lot because you were one of those kids that used to go to the rec center. I have to tell you, the rec center, just like you, Roy, you're right. I mean, it means so much to me. It kept me out of trouble. Uh, and I have fond, fond memories of going there to dances, going to the playground. I used to, you know, that's where my mom, you know, when she was off working, we were at the playground. So she knew we were safe at the rec center playground in the summers. Totally instrumental in oh my God, keeping me on the straight and narrow. still go there because it keeps you out of trouble now. It I does. love the rec center. Oh my I gosh, swim there all the time. Go. Hey, so I have a question for you. So let's look back at Lit It's Back when you were, if there was one business or one operation that could be brought back that is close to both of your hearts. What would you like to see brought back? Oh, I think Bingies. Just, Bingies? Yes, um, I love There bingies. are many stores on Main Street that, um, you know, the Five and Dime. The So what's Bingies? Well, Bingies was a, 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 a popular restaurant. And obviously, uh, the kids would go in for milkshakes, etc. And and occasionally, you, we'd go in as a couple. and And then when we got married, we'd go there you know, with our kids as a restaurant. So it was one of the local watering holes where you, you had a good time. I mean, they actually, my mother worked there when, when I was a, a, I a youngster. So I, I felt a little closer to Bingy's than most because of, of my mother working there. So, you know, what else comes to mind? I don't know. Did you go to the bowling alley? Oh yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Wasn't well, it? We, I love Gene and I, uh, 
for pin boys. You know, we set oh, pins. Oh, you set the pins. Are yeah. you kidding yeah, me? We, yeah, well, that was one way of earning money when you were a kid is setting pins at the bowling alley, you know, and Roy White. Roy White yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah. Cousin Roy White. You know, everyone in Lidditz is related, so. That's true. He was uh, my mother's cousin, so there you go. Hey, I have a question. Are you glad to be out of the business now? I mean, with everything no, going no, no, on. No, no, no. I, I didn't. Th- honestly, didn't think I could relax afterwards. But I'm surprising myself. I'm having a, a easier time to relax than I thought I would. And uh, I, you know, most people said, "Roy, uh, you're not going to be able to part from the business," and that it's not true. I'm, uh, I'm actually relaxed and having a good time and. And knowing that the business is in good hands and it's doing well and and the name still is doing well. So I'm happy. Any final things? Any reflections? Anything you'd like to add as we wrap up? Well, no, I, I think I did pretty well state that uh, coming from Lidditz and being grounded is an incredible uh, asset. You know, a, a lot of people don't realize that uh, your hometown uh, does give you strength and, uh, and they do help you. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we needed help along the way and we had some incredible people that helped Gene and I. So I cannot say too much about let it's, you know, obviously I'm looking at, at the bell tower of a church, you know, that, that we uh, bought because we love this town. They were going to tear it down and, and we felt so strongly about. The ma- you know maintaining one of the nicest buildings that you know we remodeled and bought that church so and it's one of the first things you see as you get into the yes, town yes it is so that and, um, yeah so there you go and how about Rock Lidditz you know when they said you'll never make it in Lidditz and now we have the biggest rock center in the world situated right here in L- downtown Lidditz yeah no, it's not downtown no, but you're you know. right no and you yeah. should feel thrilled well look we could not be more appreciative of the time and the generosity here today. Thank Thank you you. so much for coming to Shirt Factory Center Stage. Roy and Skip Claire, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. And while you're thinking about it, go to where you get your podcasts and subscribe and give us a review. Visit our website, LidditzShirtFactory.com. Join our mailing list and you will get updates, event info, and lots of cool stuff. Follow us on our social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at Lidditz Shirt Factory. And don't forget, come have a beer and a bite to eat here at Collusion, 5 Juniper Lane, Lidditz Shirt Factory, seven days a week. <laughs>